You have found the place to be. This is the Self-Love Peddler Show. I'm Sophie McCallum, your personal self-love peddler. Please leave the single narrative, airbrushed, beauty bot images you have been forced fed at the door. Here we examine our relationship with our bodies and the many shapes and nuances our bodies have. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Welcome to the journey. Welcome back to the Self Love Peddler Show. I have Carla Salinati here. Yes. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy you are here today. Um, Carla is a holistic health coach based in Brooklyn, but you do workshops, right? New York, Miami, and Puerto Rico. That's right. Yeah. And online coaching, one-on-one coaching. Carla is going to talk about her journey, how she became a holistic health coach. I often talk about how I gained 60 pounds with each of my three boys when I was pregnant and the journey uh, around the changes that my body went through then. Um, Carla gained 82 pounds when she had her daughter. So um, I can relate and I want to hear your story and I want to hear where you are today and what you do with your clients and welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, so many of us can relate to this story, just like how you just said now. I also gained weight when I was pregnant with my boys. And, you know, it's, I feel like everybody's journey has to start somewhere. Mine started with the unhealthy relationship that I had with food that amplified when Mm -hmm. I was pregnant with my daughter, who's now seven. This all or nothing mentality that I either had to be restricting myself over exercising or I was completely off the wagon, binge eating and, you know, hating my body, but not worrying because I was going to start over on Monday. Mm. Right. So that's so familiar. Everybody listening is shaking their head and being yeah. like, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I come I'm Puerto Rican. I come from a Latino background where, you know, women just have such unhealthy relationships with their bodies and food. And it's this, you know, your self-worth is measured by how you look. And, you know, if you continue to gain weight, you're never going to get married. And no one's ever going to look at you if you continue to eat so much. Yet it's that immigrant mentality of don't waste food. Make sure you clean your plate. Mm -hmm. So since a very young age, we have a very skewed relationship with our bodies, food, and health in general, right? We're not really understanding what it is that we need to do in order to nourish our bodies Mm -hmm. for our bodies to perform their best. Mm -hmm. And we're not really taught, you know, it's not about good food, bad food. It's about nourishment. How much food, how much is this food going to nourish you, right? So, so the, I got to where I got to now. And I feel like My story is a long one, but the short version of it was I needed to heal my relationship with food. I needed to heal my relationship with myself because you cannot heal a body that you hate, Mm. right? So well put. It's so true. So true. Right? So why speak down to yourself? I mean, I I share this with my clients and my workshops all the time. I said I was that the, the typical woman that would pass by the street and just look at my silhouette and look at myself on the storefront and just tuck my stomach in and, you know, fix and my love handles and my muffin top. And, oh, my God, I look so chubby today. And da, da, da. Do these jeans make me look fat? And just this constant unhealthy self-talk, mm-hmm. right? And you are so speaking my language here. I, I love know. it. So many of us can relate to this, Sophie. And you know, and are you on the other side of it today? I am. I want to say I never want to say that I am 
1000% cured because I think that we are all a work in progress every mm -hmm. day. We continue to be on this journey, some a bit further out than others, but we're still on it. And, you know, I still have to remind myself, my body is my temple. I have to nourish my body. I need to make sure I prioritize sleep, make sure I prioritize the foods that I'm eating because I want to perform to the best that I can, right? So yes, I want to say that I have come out on the other side, but every single day is an opportunity to remind myself, right, of all these positive things that we need to be doing. Totally. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love everything you said. I love how you use the word perform instead of look. It's not how do I get my body to perform. I mean, it is rather how do I get my body to perform rather than how do I get my body to look a certain way. Right. There's so much focus on how we look as opposed to what can our body do, right? Mm -hmm. Like what service can we be to ourselves, to others? How can we use our bodies and our power and our strength and all these gifts that we don't celebrate because we're so worried about the look? And I also love how you talk about food as something that nourishes us, right? Rather than just satisfying us. Right. And that nourishing food in the long run, I always say it's easier to eat a bag of gummy bears than mm -hmm. it is to steam some broccoli, right? But in the wrong run, how it nourishes you, the difference. And how we feel about our bodies can adapt and change over time just as how we feel about food can. You know, people who come from unhealthy diet backgrounds and histories, and when I use the word diet, I use it as what we eat, not not a specific program. Mm -hmm. So when people come from an unhealthy diet and they switch to the healthy food, they start to change their taste. They start to change what they crave. They start to notice how that food affects them. And I would argue the same thing can be done with our thoughts. You know, we can consciously shift our thoughts so that we come to a place where we're not, oh, my muffin top in the window. So what do you do if you're walking down the street and you see something about your body and you snap back to that old narrative of like, you know, that place where you used to be? What are your coping mechanisms in that kind of situation now? You know, I often catch myself sometimes kind of going back to that mindset. And I always remind myself that I'm grateful for this vessel that carries me through the day that allowed me to have a beautiful and healthy daughter that helps me wake up every single morning and help thousands of women also heal their relationship with food. So I appreciate my body and everything that it has done for me. And as part of how I work with my clients, I recommend this exercise, which might be helpful to our audience as well. And it's when you get out of the shower, look at yourself in the mirror in a very non-judgmental way and say, thank you mm -hmm. for everything you do for me for allowing me to nurse my children, for helping me walk every day, for helping me lift, for helping me run, um, for helping me get through the day so I can be of service to myself and other people. And just doing that every single day, we start changing the narrative. We start healing and we're able to help heal others as well. This is divine timing that we're speaking here because I too tell my clients I don't say when you get out of the shower, but I say go into a mirror, go stand naked in front of a mirror and start from the bottom and thank your feet, thank them and send them love, you know, reframe how you look at them, accept them for what they are and all, and then celebrate what they give you and just work your way up your body and finding the beauty and the ability and the gifts of each part of ourselves is so nourishing. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And the more we are in this 
you know, self-discovery journey and healing journey. I've done tons of research on this and there are tons of research, medical research done on, you know, um, just applying those exercises every single day. Mel Robbins does the high five, right? Mm -hmm. Like high-fiving yourself in the mirror. Brene Brown does, you know, that salute. Mm -hmm. And it's it's that creating habits every single day. And slowly we start, there's a rewiring that happens Absolutely. there, you know? Absolutely. And every day, it's almost like you wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you high-five yourself, you say thank you, thank you for, for everything, right? Like I'm ready to start my day. And it just becomes part of your daily practice where you almost feel like something's missing if you don't do it. Well, that's what I was going to say. Not only does it become the practice, not mm -hmm. only does it become something you're used to, but as that becomes familiar, when you do skew back to your old ways, which happens, as mm -hmm. I, you know, happens to all of us, it feels uncomfortable. It feels right. foreign. And you're instantly able to recognize, wait a minute, I don't want to feel like this. It's when I was early, early teens, if not preteen, I remember looking at like one of those teen magazines that had very thin women on the cover and all of tips and, and all of those uh, those quizzes you could take on what type of eater are you, mm -hmm. or all of those things. <laughs> I remember reading one of those magazines and thinking, wow, that magazine really made me feel like shit. Yeah. I'm not going to look at those anymore. And I didn't. And I wish that I'd been so disciplined across the board. For some reason, that feeling and that moment that that magazine gave me was so awful. And it was so easy for me to separate myself from this thing that was just papers and I just never kind of did it again. And I wish it had been so easy across the board, but harder today with the internet, it's harder to be like, yeah, no thank you, internet. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot easier in the 80s. I know, but we do have now a lot of, and we can talk about this more, this body positivity movement. Mm. Like I was on, I can't remember what, what, what store it was online, and I'm starting to notice a lot more plus size models. Absolutely. Beautiful, beautiful, that, you know, that mix of just ethnic diversity and body types and body sizes. So, you know, it's great. Whereas going back to what you were just saying about this magazine during the 80s and the 90s, it was like you either look like this or you look like shit, right? right? Or at least that's what society was telling you. Like your self-worth was defined by how skinny you were, the numbers on the scale, the sizes, I remember growing up in Miami, there was this store called 567, and they only sold clothes in those sizes. And if you didn't fit in them, you weren't wearing the cool girl clothes, you know? And that right there, just without knowing, you start to build this self-esteem. You start, to, you know, bring it down and, well, I can't really shop there. And, mm -hmm. you know, I have to find other clothes and, or, and then you have the typical Latina mom, which I'm not saying anything that, you know, I, I don't talk to my community. Often it's like, you know, para la boca, which is like, stop the beak, stop the mouth, you know, because then you won't be able to do X, Y, and Z. So from a really young age, we're struggling with this mm -hmm. and we struggle in silence because we don't really understand. And we also don't really have the tools to try to navigate it. And it's, not until it's when we're much older that we're able to start hopefully working on that healing, Absolutely. getting on that healing path. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting today, I have three boys, as I said, so I, I am not raising any young women, but, um, and I have only nephews. I, I swim in a sea of testosterone, <laughs> um, very happily, but, uh, um, and I have, uh, three brothers, so it's interesting and three nephews. 
which I've said many times. Sorry, listeners, when I repeat myself. But there are, there's a lot of male energy in my life. But it's, so it's interesting. You see the future as female, and I see all of this positivity that's going towards young women. But yet, I also see there's still that conformity. And while some of the stores are more body positive, there's still so much single narrative on beauty. Um, it has changed with skin color, you mm-hmm. know, and it's morphing into also uh, varied body types now. Or it's getting better all of the time. Definitely getting better all of the time. It wasn't so long ago that um, when photo shoots happened with varying bodies or plus-sized models, which is an expression that I can't stand. I, I don't know what the – someone please send me a, a, a message telling me what, what a better term for that is. But um, more varying-sized varying models. Size, yeah. if, if there was a photo shoot, the makeup artist would not want to be credited. The photographer would not want to be credited. It wasn't so long ago that people, fashion people, did not want to be associated with larger sizes. Mm-hmm. And that is really shifting now, too. And if you actively pursue it and you actively look for it in social media, in stores, it's it's everywhere. I'm constantly taking reels of myself outside of of uh, store windows with plus size mannequins, just like celebrating and feeling so happy because that suffering, no one should have to go through life hating themselves. And you know, by the age of seventeen, I think it's seventy eight percent of women are unhappy. Young girls are unhappy with their bodies. So the future is female, but only if you feel worthy. Yes. You know, like it's it's a lot of mixed messages there. The future is female, but you still need to fit in this box to be worthy is a message that women are still telling themselves right. and young girls. Right, right. Even with all of this positive stuff out there. I think um, one of the most important things is to not only help heal yourself, right, and try to shift the narrative is setting that example for the younger generation. My daughter's seven, and she sees exercise as something that is part of mommy and daddy's daily routine. She knows the importance of starting your day with a tall glass of water. Um, And I'm trying to do my best to instill these healthy habits so that they don't become part of a diet and instead they're part of a lifestyle. Mm And it's important to start them young, to your point. That way, once they grow up, the foundation is a little bit different, right, than the way that we were taught, the, the way that we were raised. I speak I speak about the Latin community because that's how I grew up, and I definitely don't want to pass down, you know, that restrictive mindset and, you know, um, you have to look a certain way and, you know, don't get too heavy and this and that and and. And I make it a very strong point in my day-to-day to to just raise differently, right? Mm -hmm. And do better for the next generation too. So you were talking about your pattern of eating junk, but knowing that Monday morning you'd do better when you started restricting again. What was your process like in healing and changing those patterns? It's interesting because we always know what it is that we have to do. It's applying that, those daily routines. And I don't think everybody does know. You don't think so? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe maybe list some daily. Okay. Okay. So I can go back to back in time before I was pregnant with my daughter and this all or nothing mentality. Like I would just, you know, focus on, I've always been mostly plant-based, vegetarian, always. 
Um, now I'm strictly plant-based, but I've always kind of been in that world. And mm-hmm. I would just, you know, unprocessed foods, stay away from the refined sugars, but it was always this diet mentality. It wasn't just a way of life mentality. I was, you know, eating the greens and having the smoothies because my goal was always to look thin and not pass a certain weight on the scale, number on the scale, right? So after I get pregnant with my daughter, I kind of like throw in the towel. I'm like, ah, you know, and then this mentality again, such a skewed mentality in Latin community, like, oh, because you're eating for two, you know, you're eating for two, that baby has to eat. It's okay. Don't worry. You'll lose the weight after the baby's born. And I just threw in the towel. I was also, you know, I had was having problems with my back. And then, of course, the weight gain didn't help. Carolina was a big baby. And once she was born, I found myself, you know, also dealing with baby blues as well. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, now what? I have no idea what to do. I can't starve myself because I'm nursing. I have, but, but how do I nourish my body? And I really wasn't sure. I'm like, do I go back to salads? But what does that mean? And how am I going to do it? And I knew that I needed to change, not only for myself to be in a happier place, because as, as I'm sure you know, or maybe the listeners know or don't know, it's that mind and body connection, mm-hmm. right? In order to feel better mentally, you have to nourish your body better, mm-hmm. right? You can't eat junk food, refined sugar, and feel, you know, happy and chirpy and in a great mood, right? The two go hand in hand, and it's so important. Mm-hmm. So I knew I needed to change, and I just really wasn't sure what path to take. I went to nutrition school, and when I was in nutrition school, I had so many aha moments that really not only resonated with me, but I knew could really make a change in the Latin community um, as well. So I started blogging about it. I'm like, hey, guys, guess what? You know, it's not about restricting our cultural foods. It's about upgrading them. Like, we don't have to stop eating the rice and beans, but let's just cook them differently. Like, tell me about your flip. Yes. Yes. So I started calling it flips. Like, let's flip it instead of giving it up. If we flip it, if we upgrade it, it's a better solution. And I can go on and on and talking about the emotional connection that we have to our cultural dishes, right? For us, it connects us to our roots. It connects us to our ancestors. We build memories with our grandparents growing up around food. And here you have diet culture telling us, don't eat rice and beans. I'm like, rice and beans defines me. I cannot give up my rice and beans, my plantains, right? But how can I shift it so that I can recreate these recipes in a healthier way without sacrificing the flavor that connects us to who I am? Mm. So I slowly started doing that. It started with desserts um, again, but it was like a way of like, how can I eat more of something that I know I shouldn't be eating, but maybe if it's healthier, I can eat more of it. So there was still that restrictive mentality. it was still that restrictive. You weren't allowing yourself to really, really just eat. Right, right. It was like, let me eat, but I'm going to make this because it this, right? So it was, that's how it started. But I feel like we all have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. And we are in different places. Um, you know, our journey happens to us because we needed to go through in order to get to where we are now. And I don't regret anything about how my journey started. It started one way and it has completely morphed into something completely different. But the gist of it is, is that we can enjoy food without feeling shameful, without feeling guilt or overwhelm around the food that's around us. We can feel confident going to a party or going to an event and feeling like this all or nothing mentality where you say, I'm not restricting myself, but I know that if I eat too much of this 
chocolate cake, as to give you an example, I'm not going to feel so great in about an hour. Mm -hmm. And just choosing food with purpose in mind, right? Just making educated choices and just looking at your plate and asking yourself, how is this nourishing my body? And if it's not, then how can I upgrade it? Right. And allowing yourself to be perfectly imperfect. Absolutely. Right. It's a journey. But learning to transform our relationship with food and learning to see food as fuel rather than as something that's going to, you know, sit on our hips or make us fat, for lack of a better word. Uh, Yeah. And as you say, understanding uh, nothing's off the table. Right. But thinking it through as I as a former addict, you know, there are things in my life that I've had to give up because they'll kill me mm-hmm. if I had continued. And food is such a tricky addiction, if you will, because it's a necessity. Right. We need it to live. So how do you balance something that for some people and many women is so hard to balance because of all of our own internal dialogue and the dialogue coming at us from all these billions of dollars of industries telling us that we're not good enough so that we will buy their products. So how do I, how does a woman and a young girl maneuver her way through that minefield of information and emotion and just eat? It it should be simple. And it's not. It's not. And I love what you're doing. I love how you're flipping because it opens the door for everything to be celebrated. Right. So where can we find some of your flipped recipes? I'm definitely, I want rice beans and plantains, <laughs> I don't know, in about 20 minutes, please. Where can I find your uh, your flipped recipes? Yes. So I am very active on Instagram at the Latina Health Coach, where I cook my dinners on Instagram. And I, um, I'm also a health coach on NBC Telemundo. So I, I am usually on there sharing my recipe flips and nutrition advice. I have a cookbook coming out. It's a plant-based Puerto Rican cookbook that will be out April of 2023. So my recipes are ready to share with the world. And I just want everybody to get excited about enjoying cultural dishes, but in a healthier, more plant-based way so we can feel good, even better when we're eating these recipes. Amazing. Sign me up. <laughs> Check out, um, we'll have all the links below in our notes to all of the interesting things you have going on. And thank you for showing up today. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for all of the work you do. Thank you for And um, thank you for the recipes that I'm going to make later (laughs) this week. I can't wait. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. If you are craving to go deeper on your self-love and body love journey, please join me inside my private Facebook group, The Self-Love Shack. We meet once a week to continue our discussions and go deeper. You can also check out my self-love courses and coaching options at selflovepeddler.com. Follow the link in the show description for more details. I leave you with this. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Sending you peace.